0: Hey, you found us, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we're not gonna talk about ASU for the first topic. The rest of the topics will be ASU centric, if not entirely ASU. But we're gonna th- That's right. we're gonna open with talking about Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie demanded a trade, which may or may not have been leaked by LeBron, who may or may not feel like <laughs> he needs to punch Kyrie who may or may not feel like he's tired of playing in LeBron's shadow. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, where do you land on all of this?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's it's very high school, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, all you said is it's just, you know, it's, it's made for today's day and age. Social media drama, uh, anonymous sources, leaks, all those sorts of fun things that, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago would have been laughed at as journalism, but now they're just accepted. Um, you know, where I stand on it is uh, I'm surprised by it. Uh, you know, I don't really understand where he's coming from at this point. I, I mean, I, I would understand the notion if it was perceived as, hey, he thinks LeBron's leave been after next year and he wants to get out before, it's, you know, the this, this ship be sinking, as they say. But that doesn't seem to be the reason. And so he comes across as a bit of a, a petulant brat, basically. By you know, well, I want my own team. Well,
0: well, and, and dude, in fact, you're playing, you're playing with LeBron. If, if LeBron is leaving, he right. gets his you can own, have team. Your own team. And, and here, you'll get a team yeah, with Tristan yeah. Thompson and Kevin Love, and a team that could actually yeah. still be okay in the East, especially if LeBron good. goes yeah, west.
1: I mean, right. I mean, there's there's this notion among guys, and we see it all the time. And he won't be the last. He's certainly not the first. That you know, well, they they win something. And then they want more, and and we talked about this in relation to Golden State. We, you know, when will Clay Thompson want more? When will Draymond Green want more? I think eventually they will, um, and maybe that's what we're looking at here. He won a title, and so now he's not he's not trying to get that elusive championship. Now he wants more. He wants the star treatment. He wants to be you know big man on campus. But so many times when a guy wants that, he finds you know as time goes on that he shouldn't have you know, written his way out of town, basically. And um, I don't know what they're going to do. It's an interesting situation because they don't have to do anything and they can send him wherever they want. You know, his whole desired list of teams is great. It doesn't mean anything because he doesn't have a no trade clause. Um, So they could send him to wherever. If they want to send him to Orlando, they can do that. Um, But then at the same time, part of me thinks, hey, let's try to get this patched up and let's make another run at it and see if we can win a title like we did two years ago.
0: And it, it begs the question, did did the front office turmoil play a factor in this, which I think it may have. Probably. Um, yeah, Just because probably. there's no one there to smooth over ego, which is right. is what and this effectively seems to boil down to for it me. It does. It I, does.
1: I, I think you're right.
0: So I'm of two minds on this. Uh, my first thought is that in a vacuum – if you were trying to build a team where Kyrie would be a winner, not that Kyrie mm-hmm. would be the sole star, but where he would be a winner, right? It would look a lot like this: a team where, as Zach Lowe reported on his podcast, uh, when LeBron's off the court, Kyrie shoots at a record-setting clip. It is amazing right. how right. much use his usage rate goes up. You know, beyond what you know, he's in Iverson territory with his usage rate.
1: Yes, yes,
0: but. He doesn't have to be the man. He's given the opportunity to freelance a little bit uh, and a lot yeah. without LeBron, but a little bit with LeBron on the floor. He's at a right. place where right. he is beloved. You know, he hit that game winning shot and they will never take it away <laughs> from him. But like you right. said, the, right. you know, the disease of more that we have with this. Exactly. He hit yep. the game winning shot. So he's never going to have to be Charles Barkley. He's never going to have to answer to no. the list of guys who never quite got there. So because he's off that list, there's no harm. Like, what? what's the worst True. that happens? This True. doesn't work. And then he realizes he's got, you know, he's better served as a number two. Now, look, he burned right. this bridge, and it's hard to think he would be in a better situation ever than this. But, yeah, you know, he he doesn't have to fear not winning a title because he's got a title. So he can go try to chase individual records and be that guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. He does have he has that in the bank. He has that on his resume and no one's taking that away. Um you know, I, I guess I just I guess I just think, you know, and I, look, I know ego comes into play when you're an athlete of his caliber, but there's only a few guys who are good enough to be the best player on a championship team. And I think Kyrie Irving's really good. I don't think he's good enough to be that. You know, I, I think he's a very, very, very good player. But, you know, let's let's say, uh, you know, let's say San Antonio got it. Let's put it out there that San Antonio gets him and they keep Kawhi Leonard. I don't think that deal's possible, but, you know, it's, it is. it um, is. Kawhi Leonard's still your best player. Uh, it's you know, almost so – What does he want? Does, well, he, does he want to –
0: See, that's the thing about San Antonio, though, is maybe that's what he wants where he doesn't have all the pressure. All of the basketball Twitterverse and the hardcore fans will still say, well, look, it's Kawhi with Kyrie as a 1A. Sure. But in terms of media, in terms of promotional and endorsement opportunities, maybe that's a better option for him because Kawhi is, you know... A quiet leader
1: he, he's not LeBron right right I mean LeBron is I, I think we know you know that LeBron for as good a player as he is and to me he's one of the one of the best ever um he's a difficult personality you know I think we've seen that over the years he he grates on people um he you know he has it his way and and I you know I could see that that probably rubs some people the wrong way at times you know why does LeBron get this treatment when I don't um, well, because he's LeBron. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, I mean, life sometimes isn't fair and, and, uh, it's certainly not equal. And, and, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, a cousin of mine used to say fair is not always equal. Good point. Uh, maybe it is fair. LeBron is LeBron. He's got, you know, four MVPs. He's won championships in two different places. So he's going to get treated differently than you are. And that's just tough luck. But a guy like Kyrie Irving probably looks and thinks, hey, I'm great. Why am I not getting this type of treatment? I want to get it somewhere else. But oftentimes you find the grass isn't always greener. And you go to San Antonio, that's not a place that is built for stars. I mean, San Antonio has worked because the guys that are stars don't really seek being stars. They're just good at basketball. Um, so for him to think San Antonio is the place he wants to go, that doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I you know, his list and what he says don't really align. I they mean, don't. The, the they Knicks don't. have Porzingis, and he's from New York, so I guess you put that on its own little island. Right. But, right. you know, and I, I like what you said, the idea of like just dealing, you know, they could just deal him to the Magic. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be petty, but, you know, no, Le- no. LeBron's I mean, you, statement you of. You go
1: get the best offer.
0: Yeah, but, but a team like that. I think the best offer comes from a team that couldn't otherwise sign a star. You know, I look at the Probably. Bucks, and I'm not saying that I yeah. think he's a particularly good fit with Giannis, but you can't get Kyrie. They got Dellavedova to sign with them, sure,
1: but right. but they wouldn't right. get a
0: guy like Kyrie to play there.
1: True, true. No, not as a free agent. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where the where the offer is. You know, it's a weird situation because you hear the argument of, well, you know, now that this is out there, this hurts their ability to get a good deal. I don't know if I buy that because there's enough. All you need is multiple teams interested and you can get a good deal. And I think there's going to be multiple teams that would be interested in getting a, you know, a 24-year-old point guard who can score 25 points a game and, and has won a championship. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You know, I, I mean, I think he's got flaws. But he's pretty darn good. I mean, I, I sat here a few weeks ago when we talked, and I said I would not trade him for Chris Paul, and I wouldn't. I uh, you know now knowing the situation now, maybe you would have made that trade. But uh, at the time, you know, unless I knew he wanted out, I wouldn't have made that deal. No way.
0: Yeah, it really puts you in a bind uh, in like with the Cavs front office of how to play it and what uh, what to expect yeah. next because. You don't, you know, you don't have to deal him. You certainly don't have to deal him on his list, but you don't have to deal him at all. And no, you, no, know, you don't. I'm reminded of the movie Little Big League, where they say, you know, what's the market for a guy who's got a bad attitude and mm-hmm. you know sells out his team? And then, of course, the moral of that was the guy tried really <coughs> hard, so they would trade him. Um, <coughs> right, right. You know, but why couldn't the Cavs just do that and say? look, we're not going to deal you. And if you phone it in, yeah, a team will probably give you a shot, but yeah, you're potentially blowing your next contract by not giving sure. the effort
1: here. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, does it come down to, again, we go to the high school, mama, you know, do he and LeBron just need to have a, you know, a, a hug it out session? Maybe they do, you know, and, and I think that stuff probably has happened before. Uh, you know, Wilbon made the point today, and I think he's right, you know, we, we live in an age where everything is known. And, you know, did Jordan and Pippen ever feud and Pippin probably won it out? Probably so. But, you know, they buried the hatchet. They moved on and they kept winning together. Uh, you know, uh, we know it happened with Kobe and Shaq. You now they hated each other, but they won three titles together. Um, so, you know, maybe they just need to bury the hatchet and grow up and move on.
0: Well, one of the things that you brought up, though, about uh, Pippin and Jordan is whatever issue or beef they may or may not have had, Kept between themselves, and right. maybe easier
1: to do in that. I was time, gonna say maybe you know, that's I mean, just
0: a factor of time. You know, if maybe scotty Pippen <laughs> did do a rap about how his posterior <laughs> tasted, and no one <laughs> would know about it because there exactly. was no cell phone cameras at the time. Yeah,
1: I mean, we always talk about Jordan, and I think it's true. Like Jordan and his off court exploits would be treated and viewed so much different now than they were then because there was there were no camera phones there was no social media uh you know so jordan could could be you know kind of a renegade off the court now man i mean imagine that imagine if lebron was you know showing up in casinos and dropping tons of money uh, you know i mean that would be a huge story you can't do that nowadays you know somebody's always watching wherever you go if you're a celebrity of that caliber especially Um, and, and, you know, and we also, you know, these celebrities, these kids of that generation, and we're kind of in it, but, you know, a little bit younger, they want you to know everything about them. That's a, you know, it's a millennial thing. They want to tell you what they're having for dinner. Uh, they want you to know everything. So they're going to give you all their inside dirt and spill all their secrets because that's just the way they've grown up.
0: Yeah. I'm curious where this is all going to shake out. Ultimately, I think, that wherever LeBron is is the favorite in the East, and sure, uh, yeah, it, it's just going to yeah. be a question of, you know, I saw that the Cavs front office today said it was fluid, and right, you know, that's fine. I'm sure
1: a smart way to go about it.
0: You know, I, I'm sure that behind the scenes there's a lot of yelling, but if they can sort of put a lid on this, that would be critical.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know what they what they need is the appearance, at least, that they're willing to keep him, and that's what they're trying to do. I mean, obviously, they're they're not going to put a for sale sign up and say, "All right, you know, we'll take your best offer." Uh, you know, I mean, they they want to appear that, well, you know, look, we can keep him and get something for him, and and you know, then it becomes a difficulty of if you decide you're going to move on, you know, do you try to get pieces that help you in 2018? Or do you try to get young pieces that help you in the post-LeBron years if you think those are coming, as almost everybody thinks they're coming?
0: Yeah. Here would be a place to tell an ad about a mattress or underwear or, you know, a better way to cook, websites, watches, sunglasses. But we don't have that because we are a podcast for the people for free and because no one wants to sponsor us. Um, right. But we're gonna pivot now to talk about ASU. So thanks for listening, Kevin Brady. Um, I'm sure you clicked off now. So
1: no, everyone... Kevin Brady says he listens to the ASU talk. In fact, well, good for him. Let's give him let's give him credit. I mean, he hates ASU, so it's I get it. You know, <laughs> he's gonna listen for the for the fuel.
0: I mean, it'll give him something to talk about at Grand Canyon. Right. You know.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: But. We're going to pivot now. We're going to talk about ASU basketball, which had a half hour of open media time at practice this week before they left to go uh, on their European tour. And the main takeaway I had from Doug Haller's recap was that this team is bigger, and it needed to be a lot bigger because Jethro worked his way out of the rotation and then off the team, and that left Obi (laughs) at 6... Let's call him 6'8", but really 6'6", um, right. as the big man and having to play all the big man minutes effectively by himself with Dela doing his best to fill in, but still young and not quite ready. Now, I mean, Romello White seems like a player. Uh, the kid Mitchell from Ohio State seems like he'll be fine yeah. once he shows up. And it, it's... A completely different field the the uh the Rhode Island recruit Kimani Lawrence seems like he's a real player and then you've got the three guards returning which is you know gonna be the engine that drives this team
1: yeah I mean uh you know one thing and look it's just one man's opinion but Haller's not a he's not a hype man you know you and I we're we're fans we want to see the bright sided things and we've talked about you know I think this team's got potential and I know I read it. I don't know if it was in his story or on his his Twitter, but, you know, basically said this looks like a team that's good enough to be in the upper half of the conference, which, you know, if you're in the upper half of the conference, you're on the turn, you know, radar at least. And that encouraging. We haven't been in the upper half of the conference for a while. Um, And, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's practice. Um, You're not seeing... When adversity hits, but, you know, reading those little blurbs about some of these players, it got me excited. I mean, I was reading that and thinking, you know, this team certainly looks like they're going to be bigger and more athletic. And you've still got that that veteran savvy of the three returning guards to kind of balance out a lot of new faces as well.
0: I also like the fact that Hurley opened up the practice because what are you hiding? You know, what's the point? It's going to generate a little buzz. You know, this is sure not a recruiting downtime. I mean, Bobby Hurley I saw on Twitter got a photo snapped of him sitting under the baseline at an Adidas camp today. So Oh, really? Okay. He, okay. okay. You know, getting some positive buzz, having somebody Google, you know, ASU basketball and yeah. having a story that's recent, I think, is helpful. And especially a story yeah. when your team is, you know, trending up and the arrows are yeah. the right direction.
1: Yeah, I agree. And yeah, and I, and I think, you know, probably planned on purpose, I would assume, but to coincide with the first day of football practice, you, you know, you got the media on campus already and, you, you know, you tell them, eh, go, you know, go right down the, the block here and, you know, come over to weather up and see the basketball team practice for a half hour and get a little, you know, positive publicity. It was It was a good idea by whoever came up with it.
0: And you're going to have ASU fans who are looking at AZ Central and on social media to get updates about football because they know it's the opening of yeah, football camp. Yeah, I was. And that's when you, right. you know I mean, when you find that article. That. Yeah, when you find yeah, that article, I had no
1: idea. I mean, I saw it yesterday on Twitter, and I thought, oh, I didn't even know the basketball team was doing anything today. You know, but it's a way to, you know, you get you get a little notice because yeah, I mean, people like me and you who are thinking, oh, I'm gonna see what we got about football, see that, think, I'm going to read about basketball too. Why not?
0: And any buzz right now from the basketball program is a positive development. You know, they've... Definitely. They've been, obviously, the lesser of the two main sports, main men's sports at ASU. Sure. But this is a time where, obviously, football is in flux, and we're going to get to that. But... Bobby Hurley can generate some interest, generate some hope, and if it translates into wins, especially if they can pull off some of these non conference bigger game upsets or road yeah. victories, it'll really be a big boost to the program, to Ray Anderson. And if and if Hallers right, if they can get in the tournament, that's huge.
1: Oh, it'd be huge, yeah. Yeah. I mean obviously that's that's the goal every year, but I think this year it it feels realistic at least. I, I hope it is. Um, you know, hopefully these words won't come back to haunt me in, you know, February. Um, but I think it is. I think, you know, with the returners we have, the experience we have coming back there with those three guards, and then, uh, you know, a lot of new faces that look like they will bring uh, just, just a, a different physical element to the team than what we had last year. Last year we had the feel of the little engine that could. We played hard, we worked hard, uh, you know, we shot threes, and we could, you know, we could hang in a game, but we just didn't have the numbers to keep up. And now it feels like we will. It feels like we'll have the depth, we'll have the size to go out there and compete with with anybody, hopefully.
0: Yeah. And that's a credit to the recruiting job Hurley's done. And I know that last year's recruiting class is gonna feel a little vacant, but Romelo White was part of that class, and if he is the real deal the way Haller described that oh, yeah. could by itself be a huge get and enough to make you forget about Cunliffe and Jethro.
1: Yes. Yes, it absolutely could. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and he's going to be a big factor this year, hopefully going forward, um, you know, of, of, what this program is and, you know, and then you add, you know, you get Shibble back as well. I know they were, they were pretty complimentary of him. Um, you add the guys that you got this year, you add some transfers, you know, it's a, uh, it's a wholesale approach you know hurley's not coming at it from the standpoint of we're going to build this thing with just high school guys you know, he's he's trying to build it from all angles and avenues and and hopefully it will work i mean you know it's it's uh you know it's the way it's got to be in today's basketball that you know you just you have to you have to throw everything at it and and see who comes together
0: the one recruit who I'm excited, or a uh, transfer rather, that I'm excited about that we won't see this year is everything that Haller wrote again about Rob Edwards, the shooting guard from yeah. Cleveland State, sounded amazing. Six foot four, can get his shot off on his own, create on his own, and and it dominating our senior guards in that game. Where it, you know, I don't, I'm not prepared to say that he would have been the guy who they flipped the keys to the old Bill Simmons thing on who your leader is is who right. you flip the car keys to, but. That sounded very impressive. The way that he worked the regular It did,
1: it did, yeah. And, and you know, I'm obviously intrigued by uh, Carlton Bragg too from Kansas. Um, you know, a guy who kind of you know still needs to put it all together, but definitely you know a physical talent. And it just, I mean, reading reading that article and just seeing it seemed like how many guys were described as you know, boy, they they look every bit the height they're built to be, and they you know they get rebounds and they play. It's like man. We've been missing this. We've we've had a team of guys who, you know, by golly, they tried hard and they worked hard, but they just physically weren't that good. And hopefully now we're gonna have a team that looks the part, goes out there on the court, and you know they can they can match up with anybody.
0: Everyone knows we've needed it.
1: Yes, we have. So I'm I'm you know, it's a long ways off to even get to this season. And you know, a couple of these guys we're talking about won't play until you know next fall um but it's exciting just to see the the personnel that's coming in that'll hopefully make this program uh, you know on a caliber with the with the upper level teams in the in the Pac-12 and in the country uh, physically you know i mean that's that's just where we got to start first is you know not be going into games where our tallest guy is 6-6 that yeah. just doesn't get it done <laughs> you know i mean you get beat that way you you can win a few games here and there but you know, you gotta have you gotta have bodies. You gotta have studs, and we haven't had enough of them. Well, you
0: think about last year, the Arizona games stick out. There were many yeah. games, but the Arizona games where they put two seven footers, and it's yeah, they, you know, Obi's doing his best, but they're you know they box him out, and it's not close.
1: Right, right, and you know, so it, it's that, and it's also having you know a guy like Cody Justice that's essentially been your power forward. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna get you beat, you know, again. Uh, they, they gave it a good effort last year. Every game they were in, they, they hung with teams that they probably didn't have any business hanging with for a long period of time, and I was very happy with the effort. But, you know, it's, it's one thing to have effort, it's another thing to have talent. And hopefully we're on the way to having some talent to go with that effort, and that's, that's how you start, you know, winning 20-plus games, getting into the tournament, things like that.
0: Absolutely. Which brings us to ASU football who you know boy i don't know is that the best way to describe it
1: uh a lot of unknowns yeah the the happiest thing it's still
0: exciting let let me tell you this the happiest thing i saw on twitter was dj calhoun posted a photo of him and christian sam jogging out in full pat you know in their (laughs) shells and said you know something like look who's back or guess who's back yeah and it's nice that Christian Sam is back because the it team is. missed him last year. But reading through Haller and Metcalf's first two practice reports of who's lining up in the secondary on the first team. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the late ad Juco guy is not uh-huh. my, my pick to start with the redshirt freshman at corner. And yeah, the, you know, yeah. The fact yeah, that uh, um, Perry is gone or that Armand Perry is gone and that Alex Perry is not listed and that Evan Fields, the guy who we, you know, put all of our hopes and dreams on from Oklahoma is not listed. And it's a, you know, I think today there was a guy who's a non scholarship player who was playing second team corner.
1: I Joseph Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. I know.
0: I I know it's Todd Graham's methodology to try things out and test things and push things around not not this year
1: this is not the year I mean get it's yeah. it's it's a little imposing to see that I, I thought the same thing I read yesterday's and I read you know uh a, you know former walk on Joseph Bryant you know of the first team now I, I don't read too much into true freshmen not being in that role yet because they haven't been here and and you know I mean I think we know most coaches Todd Graham's the the rule not the exception they're not going to plug a true freshman in right off the bat without them having to earn their way in. Um, You know, it's just not how it is. They don't come in on day one and say, okay, you're running with the starters. You got to humble the kids. And, and, you know, again, I want to see where we're at in the middle of August when we're getting these, you know, lineup reports and see what movement we've seen. But, but yeah, it's, it's a little scary to read names that I've never heard of. And I feel like I follow the team pretty closely uh, that are, you know, right now lining up as starters in the secondary.
0: Yeah, it's alarming. It's only yeah. the second day of practice, but it's alarming.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's likely to be a weakness all year. The question is how big a weakness and how do we compensate for that weakness? I mean, uh, you know, I, I really doubt that, you know, in the middle of October, we're going to be talking and saying, boy, you know, that secondary is pretty good. I doubt that. But the, the question is, how do we – work around that can we you know that's that's the first question can you figure out a way and then how good do you do at it
0: will the front seven be dominant enough to protect for a a poor a potentially yeah. porous back end
1: they have to be and and look you're going to give up yards and you're going to give up points i think we know this i mean this is not going to transform into a dominant defense that shuts everybody down the pack 12 is too good offensively to do that anyway um, and the personnel just not there. But I've been saying this for, you know, the entire offseason. It's a matter of getting back to the way the defense played in 2013 and 2014, neither one of which were dominant, but they forced a lot of turnovers. They got a lot of sacks. And and so you made the impact plays, and, and you didn't give up as many big plays. And, and, you know, the last couple years, the big plays allowed have skyrocketed The impact plays by the defense have dropped, and that's why you've got the numbers you've got.
0: Yeah. It's going to be important to see what changes Phil Bennett can bring. Yes. And what sort of improvement this secondary can have scheme-wise. Because if they can eliminate the two guys guarding three or one guy guarding half of the field— yeah, that'll yeah. go a long way. I
1: mean, uh, the the first thing we've got to do, and this sounds really simple, but it hasn't been, is just stop giving up forty and fifty and sixty yard plays. Uh, I mean, make your make a team earn their way down the field, and and you know what? Sometimes they will. Sometimes they'll string together a fourteen play drive, they'll score a touchdown, and uh, boy, you know, you you take your hat off to them. You say, "Well done," but if you make your team make your opponent earn their way, you have a chance that they'll fumble a snap. That they'll throw a pass to coverage, that they'll get a, a penalty that makes it first and 20, and then you can get off the field. But when you give up, you know, 45 yard touchdown passes in bunches, you know, that lessens the chance of being able to take advantage of something.
0: Well, and if the only reason the touchdown pass is a set amount of yardage is because that's how far they had <laughs> to go and not because you right. had a guy close by, that's really where right. the problem is. You know, right. if it's one right. of those where, you know, if they were playing in Canada, it's a you know, thou, you know, 120 sure. yard touchdown. That, that's no.
1: not good. No, it's not. You know, and then, and, and we've had too many of those, you know, and and again, we're facing, you know, we face some very good offense, very good quarterbacks, very good offensive coaches. I don't expect to, you know, lead the nation in defense or even be in the top 30 or 40. But can we be middle of the pack in the nation, middle of the pack in the conference? That's the key. You know, we got to be. You got to be average, and then the offense has to carry some load, which I, I think they're capable of doing. But you know, you can't ask your offense to score sixty points a game. That's not going to happen.
0: No, but the offense is a point of uh, possible hope this year. Yeah, you know, there's a I, I've seen a the college version of Pro Football Focus, which I, I recognize mm-hmm. is a weird thing because it's <laughs> Pro Football Focus right, college right. edition. Uh, but they are very bullish on ASU's offensive line, Yeah, which, you know, great, because the running game should be a strength. And if they can pass yeah. protect for whoever, I like Nikhil right. Harry's chances of getting open for that quarterback.
1: Me too. Me too. And I, and I think there's some depth among their receivers. Uh, you know, I do think we've got good depth at running back. Uh, offensive lines is a question, yeah, but, you know, you've got a lot of guys back who played last year. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I am hopeful that the offense will be pretty good. And it's going to have to be. I, I mean, it's a weird team because I've said this to you already before. I'll say it again in the next month. You know, this team is only going to go as far as its defense improves. If the defense doesn't improve from what we were last year, you're not going to win more than five or six games like you won last year. Um, but yet the defense isn't going to improve that much. So the offense has to be pretty good. Uh, You know, I I realize that sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but, you know, the defense has to get better. The offense has to be pretty good. And and then this team hopefully can win eight or so games.
0: Yeah. Which leads me to the next important topic. Our football previews are coming, people. That's
1: right. Right. It's the football extravaganza begins next week.
0: It's the one consistent thing that we've done pre-podcast, and it's the thing that kicked off our podcast. This is getting close to one year now of us doing this, because we opened last year doing our previews, and a little treat for all of our listeners, we're doing the NFL preview on the record this year, which we did not do last year. Yes, we are.
1: Yes, we are. Situations have changed, and uh, we can now uh, put that on the record for everyone to hear and laugh at if we're wrong.
0: So we're going to do some college conference previews, some awards picks, a more thorough Pac-12 breakdown with ASU g- games scheduled by, you know, going game by game to talk through all yes. of the Pac-12 teams, at least that we play. And we'll probably right. reference the ones we don't. Uh, right. And then we'll do our NFL picks, you know, giving our division winners, our wild cards, our yep. Super Bowl champs and our MVPs. So That's right. Get ready, people. The month of August is the next time we're posting, and it's going to be football. Football, football, football. And if something else happens in the NBA or MLB, we'll talk about it, but it's going to be football.
1: Okay? That's right. That's right. It's it's possibly 100% football. It might be 95% if we have news worthy of discussion.
0: But until then, you're just going to have to think about it, look at the ASU schedule, and tell – us what you think is going to happen and since everyone who listens roots for u of a i'm sure you're going to think that asu is going to do great until next time (laughs) he's matt i'm ben you're our loyal listeners this is the ben and matt sportscast